Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Today I want to talk to you about but God. Somebody say but God. And this is part one, and today I want to talk to you about possessing the land. About possessing the land. And our key verse in this series is going to be out of Psalm, Psalms chapter 73, verse 26. It says this, my flesh and my heart may fail. Now let's stop right there for just a moment. The things sometimes that you depend on might fail. You know, the, your job at times might fail. Your family might fail you. Your relationships might fail you. Your education might fail you. Your own, listen, your own judgment might fail you. So you can insert a lot of things in there. David says, my flesh and my heart may fail. But he doesn't stop there. But God. Somebody say, but God. But God God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Anybody in here besides me ever feel like you were up against an obstacle that was too great to overcome? Anybody this week felt like you were up against an obstacle that was too great to overcome? Well, if that's you, this series is for you. But here's what I've discovered. When you stop saying, but I, and you start saying, but God, you're in for a turnaround. Listen, watch this. When you stop saying, but I'm not talented enough, but I'm not smart enough, but I'm not rich enough, but I'm not young enough, but I'm not old enough, but I'm not connected enough. When you stop saying, but I, and you start saying, but God, you are in for a divine turnaround. Everything changes. You may have a lot of reasons why you don't think you're going to make it through what you're facing or why you're not going to achieve the things that you're believing for. But those two words, but God, can change everything. So I'm here to tell you today, listen, church, no matter how hopeless your situation looks or how discouraged you are, but God changes everything. Somebody shout, but God. God. Two little words that are the divine pivot point for what I'm believing for. But God. Look at your neighbor and say, but God. Psalm 112 verses, well, I tell you what, I've got it in living up there on the screen, I think. But I think I want to read it to you out of the King, New King James. It says this. Well, let's just, let's just start at verse 1 of Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a good place to start. Let God be your focus. Verse 1, he says, praise the Lord. Psalm 112. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. I said, your descendants will be mighty on the earth. Your descendants are going to be mighty on the earth. Because you've delighted greatly in his commandments. See, when you let go of things like that and you get out there on a limb and you start trusting God, there are promises that are going to be manifest. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious. He is full of compassion and righteous. 
A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Watch this. Verse 6, you need to underline this. Surely he will never be shaken. We sang, how many of you here last Sunday? Matthew introduced a song to us. That thing is powerful. It's called, We Will Not Be Shaken. The righteous will not be shaken. I want you to say, I will not be shaken. Everything can be shaken around you. The world can be shaken. The, 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 uh, the economic system can be collapsing. But there is a promise that the righteous will not be shaken. I want you to say, we will not be shaken. Verse 6, surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Now here it is. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. In, in, the, in the living uh, translation, in the living Bible, it says this. He does not fear bad news. Amen. He does not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen. For he is settled in his mind that Jehovah will take care of him. Amen. Now, if I had, you know, if, if I had my way and I had written that verse, let me tell you. I'm just being honest. Let me tell you what that verse would say instead of what it says. It would say, the righteous won't ever get any bad news. But that isn't what it says. (laughs) There's a subtle difference, but it's powerful. It doesn't say the righteous won't ever get any bad news. It says the righteous will not fear bad news. I am not going to live in fear of bad news. Because fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. Fear of bad news creates unrest and uncertainty. You know, there are some people, and I've met, I know you've met some people like this, that even when things are going good, they live in constant fear that something bad is going to happen at any minute. They go around knocking on wood. How are you doing? Well, things are going good right now. Knock on wood. But I know where the bottom could fall out at any minute. I heard about these three ladies. Three sisters. They lived together. 96, 94, and 92. The 96-year-old was up drawing her bath upstairs. She started to get in the bath water. She called down to her sisters and said... I'm getting in the bath. I, 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 I'm up here with my bath, but I can't remember if I was getting in or getting out. <laughs> the 94-year-old sister said, I'll be up and take care of you. She got halfway up the stairs and said, you're going to have to help me. I don't remember if I was going upstairs or downstairs. <laughs> the 92-year-old said, man, I hope I don't ever get like y'all. <laughs> Knock on wood. She knocked on wood. She said, I'll be up there to take care of y'all in just a minute as soon as I see who's at the door. (laughs) Said all that to say this. Even when things are going good, some people are so fearful 
Oh, things are going good, but I just know Murphy's Law is going to kick in at any minute and everything that can go wrong will go wrong. We are not to live in fear of bad news. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because here's what I've discovered. Listen to this. Fear can give a small problem a huge shadow. You get the right angle of a spotlight shining on a mouse, and that mouse can look like it's 20 feet tall. That's what fear does in our lives. And here is an important thing that you need to wrap your heart around today. 90% of people will put more effort into avoiding what they fear than they will pursuing what they want and what they're believing for. But the righteous are not to fear bad news. Believers are not to live in fear of bad news, even though bad news may come sometimes. Because listen to this. Oh my goodness, you need to get this. For believers, the most important thing is not the news we receive, it's the report we believe. Whose report do you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Tell me now. (laughs) Whose report do you believe? Oh, Lord of God. I don't live by the news. Because sometimes bad news may show up. But we believe the report of the Lord. Because here's what I've discovered. Everything I'm believing for is on the other side of my fear. The righteous are not to live in fear of bad news. Can I get an amen in the house today? Never hold back your love in fear. We We are to live strong. We are to love strong because we're God strong. I want everybody to say with me, live strong, strong. love strong, strong. God strong. strong. Now that's what God says about us. You know, two weeks ago, my phone rang and and it was uh, Steve on the other other end of the line. And he said, Brother Scott, he said, I just just need to tell you what's going on. He said, "Uh, you know, our sign at airport in Schillinger, the God is for you sign. This thing's awesome. He said, we're losing our sign. Somebody say bad news. news. Well, that that seems like bad news. And I said, well, why are we losing our sign? But now here's, here's the awesome thing about it. I'll tell you why we're losing that sign. That intersection prospered so much. The busiest intersection in the state of Alabama prospered so much that where that sign was, the biz- every business in there is expanding. Amen. And the business where the sign was, they're tearing it down, building an entire new business, and they had to take the sign down in the city ordinance. They won't let them put a sign back up again. And so when he first saw it, I thought, well, that's not. And then all of a sudden, boy, the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me. And I said, Steve. I don't know what God's up to, but something good is on the way. But God, I tell you what, listen, brother, I got excited. I'm so pumped because I know God's got something better. I, listen, and here's the great thing. That, that, but that God is for you sign 
caused that intersection to prosper so greatly, we moved ourselves right out of a sign. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's awesome. Blessing of the Lord. And so I can, I tell Steve, I don't know, but I can hardly wait to see what God says to us. Something good is on the way. I'm not going to live in fear of bad news. And when something seems like bad news, I'm going to watch God turn it around. Yes. Amen. And cause something good to happen. And that is what is alive on. And and I just, I can't wait to see what God's, what God's going to do. I can't wait to see how that's all going to. By the way, we now have bumper stickers that say God is for you in Spanish. Amen. And we're believing for some in Russian and some other languages too. Amen. I like that. I want to spread that message. I want to speak that message. That intersection prospered so much that we literally prospered ourselves right out of our sign space. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Somebody say good thing. Now, turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Because we're talking about possessing our land today as we determine the importance of those two little words, but God. Numbers chapter 13, we're going to start down at about verse 17. And of course, this is uh, the children of Israel investigating the promised land, getting ready to go into. How many of you ready to go into your promised land? I mean, come on, man. I'm telling you what. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, we are marching design. We are there. We're going, folks. We're, we're, we're walking in this stuff. Verse, thir- uh, verse 17 of chapter 13, it says, So Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go to the mountains. Go up to the mountains. And see what the land is like. See what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, verse 20, whether the land is rich or poor, that that really means whether the land is, is fertile or barren, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage, and while you're there, bring back some fruit from the land so that I can have a visual demonstration to show people what's there. Bring back some fruit. Now the time uh, was the season of the first ripe grape. Stop there for just a moment. Now notice what they were supposed to do. So a lot of us get confused. Pay attention now. I know some of you, you're already planning your afternoon meal. You're thinking about your nap right now. You're thinking about the Super Bowl tonight, which is not a big deal to me, but it is to some people. You're thinking about other things. Think about the word right now. What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to size up. This is the instructions that he gave them. And the fact was they were supposed to see what their enemies looked like, what the land looked like, what was going on there. So that's what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to size up the situation. Watch this. They were not told to size up the situation in light of themselves. He didn't say go and see what they look like and then, watch this, compare yourself to them. Amen. 
He says, size up the situation. But here's what we need to do, church. Be careful about sizing up the situation and comparing yourself to the situation you face without these two little words. Somebody say, but God. The evil report that they brought back wasn't the fact that there were giants in the land. It wasn't the fact that they were probably outnumbered. It wasn't the fact that they were fortified cities. It was the fact that they compared themselves to their situation and did not add those two words to it, but God. Somebody say, but God. God. All right, let's let's keep going. So they went and up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob and the entrance of Hamath, I guess, Hamath. And they went through the south and came to Hebron and all those other places there too. <laughs> Ahiman, Shishai, Telmai, Talmai, Pokemon, <laughs> Pac-Man. The descendants of Anak were there. Now, Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol, and there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it uh, between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranate and figs. And the place was called the valley of Eshcol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And so they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. Watch this. And they brought back word. Your situation will bring back word to you. It will bring back news to you. Those obstacles that you're facing will bring a report, a news flash to you. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Look at this. It's awesome. Nevertheless, oh, that's where you got to watch out. Nevertheless, however, but, you can substitute the word but there for nevertheless. Boy, it's awesome, but. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Stalactites, the Stalagmites, (laughs) and the most dreaded eye of all, the Cellulites. Tell somebody right now, he ain't right. But listen, seriously, let me get y'all back now. Verse 30, it says, Caleb did something very important. He quieted the people. He was like, shh. Sometimes when you get bad news, the best thing you can say is nothing. If you can't say something good, 
don't say anything. If you can't get something out that's in agreement with the Word of God, just don't say anything. It says, Caleb quieted the people. He was like, shut up, man. Y'all hold it down. Be quiet. Shh. It says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. He saw the same thing they did. He heard the same report they heard. He looked at it, but the difference was the perspective with which he saw it and how he received the news. He said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able. Not just able, we're well able. I want you to tell somebody by you right now, we're well able. Tell them you're well able. Listen, you are well able to overcome this sickness. You are well able to overcome this lack. You are well able to overcome this poverty. You are well able to overcome this rejection. You are well able to overcome this failure. You are well able. You're not just able, you're well able. Let us go up at once and take it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said... We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. The bad report was not what was in the land. The bad report was, we can't take it. It wasn't the reality that there were giants there. It wasn't the reality that there were walled cities there. It wasn't the reality that, yes, there were some things that were going to have to be overcome there. That was not the bad report. The bad report was, we can't do anything about it. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. Therefore we saw giants, the descendants of Anak, who came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. What determines your future is not the news you receive. It's the report you believe. The news is what happened. The report is what you believe about what happened. The news is not the, the, the news is the issue. The report is your, watch this, interpretation of the issue. And here's what I've discovered. You don't have to have good news to have a good report. My faith makes a good report out of bad news. Boy, I feel the Spirit of God on that. The grapes, the milk, the honey, the fruit, they represent the reality, the proof of God's promise. But watch this, church, and this is so important. When they added their perspective, God said that's an evil report. You know why? He said, I didn't tell you to go over there, spy it out, and then come back and say, compared to them, we're like grasshoppers. I want you to tell somebody right now, I'm not a grasshopper, and neither are you. Their perspective was, we're like grasshoppers in our sight, 
And listen, watch this. Everybody hear this. When they saw themselves as grasshoppers, the enemy saw them as grasshoppers. Because how you see yourself and how you view yourself is how the obstacle is going to see you and how the enemies are going to see you. Woo, I hope you're getting something out of this this morning. But here is something that is really, really, really important. You will experience your perspective of reality. That's what you're going to experience. It's proven here, and it's proven in so many situations in life. You can be carrying grapes on your shoulders, but be so focused on the giants that you never enter your land. You don't experience reality. You experience your perceptive uh, perception of reality, how you see it. They said, this is truly a great land. But the people, when they should have said, this is truly a great land and the obstacles are great, but God. Somebody shout, but God in this house. I don't know what you're facing today, but I have one word, two words for you. But God. Because here's the thing. God had already promised them the land. We won't take time to read it. But if you look back in Exodus chapter 3, God said, I am giving you the land. I have given you the land. I am giving it to you, and I have given it to you. How many of you have some promises for God in this house? Well, in this situation, ten of the spies said we can't. Two said we can. Ten said we can't. Two said we can. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute about spies. Everybody say spies. Spies. Let me tell you where most of the spies dwell. Let me tell you where the land where most of the spies dwell. Right between our ears. Somebody say spies on the inside. You got spies on the inside. We all deal with spies on the inside. That's why the Bible says, the scripture says, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought. I mean, in other words, when those spies in my head, those 10 spies in my head start talking, I'm fixing to take them captive. I'm fixing to capture those spies. I'm going to deal with those spies on the inside. 10 of them said we can't. Two said we can. It's like spies in our head telling us we can't. Sometimes you'll feel outnumbered because of the thoughts that will bombard you. How many of you are facing difficulty right now? Let me see your hand. Let me tell you, you're going to have to deal with the spies in your head. You have to deal with that and realize and know that sometimes you're going to feel outnumbered. But when you are facing a situation, watch this, where the ten voices in your head... Are, ta- are telling you about the giants and the two are telling you about the grapes, you've got to figure out who you're going to listen to. I see grapes in my future. Well, I'm glad about three, about three or four of y'all decided who you're going to listen to. I had ten spies talking about the problems and two spies talking about the promises. 
But it all comes down to who you listen to. Watch this. Your thoughts are the spies that determine if you take possession or if you wander in the Amen. wilderness. Amen. Am I going to stay and wander? And listen. They departed and left a land that had already been given to them that would have changed the way they and their entire families lived their lives because of the spies that they chose to listen to. I want you to say with me, 2015, 2015 will be, will be a, supernatural year. a supernatural year. I am, I am blessed, blessed and highly favored. Oh, uh, yes, because the Lamb has overcome. Your thoughts are the spies that determine if you take possession or wander in the wilderness. The ten spies died in the desert not because of their enemies, but because of how they looked at their enemies, their perspective. And your perspective and your uh, uh, thoughts will determine your reality of what you live out. What am I going to allow to dominate my life? What am I going to allow to consume me? What am I going to allow my focus to be on? Who am I going to listen to in my life? That is the question that all of us have to ask ourselves today. Now, the ten spies died in the desert, as again, as I said, not because of their enemies, but because of how they looked at their enemies. You've got to stop looking at it wrong because here's what I've discovered. Fear will always turn good news into a bad report. Fear will always turn good news into a bad report. You get a promotion at work. Yeah, I got a promotion at work. But boy, I sure do have more responsibility. Get rid of those spies. God's got something good on the horizon. But listen, I'm not living my life just waiting for something good on the horizon. Watch this. I am living faithful in the moment, not just believing for a moment out there. I'm living faithful in the little minutes while I'm believing God for those big minutes that are coming my way. I'm listening to those thoughts in my head. I'm listening to the Word of God in my heart. I am letting God arise in my life. I am letting Him be the focus of my life. And I'm not just sitting around waiting for some big minute out there that's going to come and get me one day. I'm going to be faithful right where I am in the small minutes so that one day I'll have a big minute. Glory be to God. Boy, I hope you're getting something out of this. Oh, it looks good, Caleb and Joshua. It looks good. Oh, those grades look so good. But don't you know, all they needed to say was, absolutely, yes, it's difficulty, but God, but God. You know, some of you will get a report the doctor says, and I'm going to have to stop. I knew we wouldn't have time to do this today, so that's why I'm going to do it Wednesday night too. The doctor says, the medical report says that you've got an incurable disease. The bank account says you don't have enough money in it. Your husband left you. 
Your wife left you. Your kids won't speak to you. You lost your job. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're looking at, I'm here to tell you, those two words can change everything in your life and in my life. I'm not going to live my life in fear. Oh, I've got to stop. I want to get into some more stuff, but I, I want to, uh, I'll do it Wednesday night. I'll do it Wednesday night. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Listen. Forty years later, by the way, you'll, no, you'll, you'll notice that 40 is a, is a, is a number of purification. How long, how long was Jesus in the wilderness? Forty days. The children of Israel wandered in the desert. Forty is a number of purification. And, but 40 years later, and we'll get into this Wednesday night, Joshua had learned a very important lesson. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Well, I mean, just give you a little taste. <laughs> Y'all know how I am. I just can't. I don't have quitting sense. And we'll talk about it uh, uh, more Wednesday night. But 40, look at Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Not Genesis, Brother Scotty. Joshua. Numbers. Joshua. Now, Joshua, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim. Be careful when you read that. Make sure you do the biblical pronunciation. <laughs> yes, yeah, some of y'all are looking so pious and so religious. I'm trying to get rid of every religious person in this house. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to run them off. You know half of y'all will read over that. And I know, oh boy, I'll just skip over that word. I wonder how you pronounce that. I wonder how one word's really pronounced. Shitem. It shall forever be Shitem. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shitem how many men? Two. Two. He's not sending out 12 anymore. Amen. You better be careful how many people Amen. you listen to, Hallelujah. how many reports, how much news you take back in, Amen. and who you send out. Joshua had learned a valuable lesson. He didn't send out 12 spies this time. He just sent out two. And we need to listen to the right two. All of those voices. All of those things that are echoing around. All of those, listen, all those people who tell you, you can't, and you won't, and it's not going to happen, and it's impossible. Amen. I'm not listening to those ten. I'm going to tell you what, I don't like them double knot spies, them agents up in my head bouncing around. Some of them are, are, uh, are working for both sides. They'll try to tell you some stuff, and then they'll undermine it. I got news for you. I believe the report of the Lord. I believe what God says, and I'm going to listen to what those two spies says that said, mess God, let me tell you, it looks tough, but I got a word for you. We're well able to go get it. I want you to declare with me this morning, I will overcome. I will overcome. 
Listen to this. I declare to you today that this day we are drawing a line in the sand. No more indecision and no more double-mindedness. Somebody shout, but God. The commitment is made and our decision is final. You and I are going God's way. There is no turning back. We will live the rest of our life fulfilling God's purpose. I hope you're receiving this. With God's power, on God's planet, for God's glory, loving God's people, living in God's overflow and abundance. We're going to use our life to praise and to worship Him, to develop His character, to enjoy His family, to walk in His love and to communicate His word. Our past has been forgiven. Our present is faith-filled. Our future is bright. And we got a home waiting in heaven. We will not waste time or energy on shallow living, petty small thinking, negative talking, worthless doing, useless regretting, hurtful resenting, or faithless worrying. I am preaching better than you're listening. Somebody needs to say amen. Instead... I will glorify and we will glorify God, grow to maturity, fulfill our ministry, be a responsible member in the family of God, and we will value the things God values over me. We choose character over shallowness, giving over selflessness, people over possessions, and life over death. We will do the best we can with what we have for God every day. We won't be defeated by problems. We won't be overcome by circumstances. And we will not be intimidated by the devil. I wish somebody would get excited as I am. I'm about to... I'm about to jump out of my skin up here. We will run the race with our eyes on the goal. We will press toward the mark. We will cross the finish line with our hands lifted high. When times get tough, we won't back up, back off, back down, back out, or backslide. We will walk in gracious love and compassion to everybody, full of thankfulness for every day and every blessing that God has given us. To the Lord we say, we are yours. Make us usable for your kingdom and for your glory. We believe and hold to the integrity of your word above all else. And everything, everything, every word you have spoken to us will come to pass. We will walk in our promised land. We will eat the grapes. But until we see you face to face and hear you say, well done, know this. To all those things that come against us, we boldly declare, but God. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.